And we welcome you back in. Greg Davis here. It is Priority Talk Radio. Of course, WXJC 101.1 FM. We do it Monday through Friday from 5 until 7 p.m. And, of course, uh, we've got a big emphasis right now, especially during uh, this hour of the program, of talking a lot of ministry and church. Um, of course, culture, parenting, family, all of those top things. And uh, we've got a really good opportunity here to visit today with Mr. Kevin Garrett. Uh, we're excited to have him with us. Uh, he is pastor at First Baptist Church of Atmore, Alabama. Now, that's outside of our immediate listening area, although we've got listeners all over the state on podcasts. But, uh, Kevin, good to have you with us, my friend. Thanks for letting me be here. Uh, tell us, um, uh, for everybody, they see Atmore, you know, going to the beach. You know, right, the folks right. listen, coming down 65, they see the Atmore exit. You're the pastor at First Baptist Church. Church of Atmore, Alabama. About four miles south of the exit they see is downtown Atmore. And uh, tell us about Atmore. Atmore, we've only been there since 2018. Uh, my wife and I went the Thanksgiving weekend of 2018. And Atmore is a town of around 10,000. Who you ask, we have prisoners and transient families that yeah. follow them. It's an interesting place. It's a, it's a neat culture. But uh, small town, uh, good folks. The community knows about Everything that goes on. Yeah. I jokingly tell somebody on the way up here, it says it's like a big beauty shop. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Everybody's talking. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And it's a town sort of in revitalization. There's a lot going on with a, a reconstruction and renovation of older buildings downtown. Yeah. They're a Main Street uh, project as well. So it's good now, stuff. Previously, though, you pastored more up in, in, in northern Alabama. Oh, you, forever. You yeah. Northeast north, uh, Alabama. Forever. We, we uh, had only spent about a year and a half outside of northeast Alabama until we came to Atmore. Uh, went to Jacksonville State University, met my wife there. My kids went there. Uh, we haven't bought a brick and put it anywhere, but we probably should. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, my wife and I met in the Marching Southerners, and uh, we always pastored in Gadsden, Anniston, Oxford area. Now, I didn't know you were a marching southerner. I didn't oh, know that. Oh yeah, man. I was a I was a cocky trumpet player. See, when you interview somebody, you learn things new. That's true. That's true. Uh, so anyway, so you're familiar with our our part of the state here, where most of our listeners are. That's home for you, really. Yeah. yeah Past we, home, now homes in Alabama. I grew up and in that more uh, Alabama, a little sandier though, right? A little sandier, a little yeah, flatter. As you go, as you go south. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I miss, honest to goodness, I, I tell people I miss my mountains and my fast moving kayaking. Yeah. So when we when we go kayaking in Atmore, we just take a good relaxing nap yeah. down the down but the you can get to the beach really quick. Well, not on that stream. It's going to take you a while. Well, I don't mean that stream, but from <laughs> Atmore, you can get yes. there. Hey, I'm 90 minutes or less rather from uh, yeah Gulf Shores, and then about uh, you know an hour or less to Pensacola. So you can literally take a day trip. To we the we have we have left after nice. church and carried bathing suits. Yeah, so well, that's pretty good nice. problem. Good yeah. problem. Well, out of uh, pastoring for how many years have you? Or been on 30, church staff and ministry. 35. Yeah. Yeah, 35 I was, years. It was in college when, when I started, before I was married. My wife and I, uh, will celebrate our 35th anniversary in December, but wow. last year celebrated 35 in ministry, including the bivocational time in college. Sure, so. sure. Well, uh, did you ever think you were going to write a book? No. Because you have. Well, I didn't mean to. Kevin has got it a book. It wasn't set out to do. It's called You Belong Here, How to Help Your Church's Guests Become Family. Right. And uh, I know from firsthand experiences that uh, churches do struggle with that, and people struggle with getting to be part of the church. It, it works yeah. both ways. We're real comfortable with our five or six in our little huddle that we see and we love, and we 
huddle up and hug and, and we'll all hear how friendly and how easy it is to work in. Well, that that's for us that are there. So, yeah, the awareness of, of how people come in to be a part of your family uh, is important. Well, I love what you've done, and uh, you're getting really good reviews, and it's, this church, this is going to help a lot of churches. I, I would imagine, in particular, middle and middle to size and smaller churches. Uh, probably probably so. it'd be good for anybody, but there's a lot of those kind of churches, and right, and, and probably need some help in these areas. A lot of churches do. Well, uh, we we all need help. In, we do in, in many areas, but yeah, it, it will help. Uh, it'll help people to consider leader, church leaders, and, and pastors. What is it that a person first sees to interface with your church? You know, that first impression, whether it's a relationship or it's an advertisement yeah. or what. And then from there, what goes on? Well, you begin we the book talking, you know, obviously you belong here. And you will see churches use that as sort of a slogan or something. Right. They'll do mailers out or, you know, maybe put it on the church sign, different things like that that say you belong here. And how is that perceived with your research and stuff? How is that perceived by people who yeah. don't belong there yet? Well, first of all, I struggled with the title because it, it started out being We Belong Here, and that uh -huh. sounded kind of exclusive, like we do and you don't. Yeah. And uh, so uh, a friend of mine, that's in, uh, he's an author as well, he said, why don't you make it more inclusive of you, whoever you are? Mm -hmm. But uh, when they first pick up the book, uh, they have to understand the background of how it came to be, I think, to appreciate what they can do with a tool like this, hopefully. Yeah. T tell us how it did come to be. Well, I... I have a doctorate in church health and next generation ministries from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary because I felt called back to the seminary and actually argued with God like, please don't. I was. Enjoying. I had that argument too. Oh my gosh! And, and I and I won. Yeah, I did not win. <laughs> I lost. I was happy as a pastor, uh. and, and uh, I was in Glencoe, and I was scuba diving in the rock quarry. I call it redneck scuba diving. Yeah. Joined it like a YMCA, and that was my Friday and/or Saturday, and I I clearly felt the call back. And, um, so I said, okay, God, if, after struggling with it and talking with some folks, what should, I, what should I major in? And I've been in several churches growing up and coming through, and some were healthier than others, but I started thinking about how many churches were unhealthy, even some to the point of toxic in, in certain areas. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I said, I'll make church health because I really want to help churches. I mean, she's the bride of Christ. She's the, she may not be perfect, right. but she's the vehicle that, Amen. that Jesus said, we're supposed to go and make disciples through. And uh, so I got back, you know, in school and then finished up to the point where it was time for the, the big project. And we had gone through uh, using Oxano from Nashville, one of our, our uh, agencies that helps people, particularly church, in finding vision and finding direction. We'd hired them when I went to First Baptist Act. We recovery we want to grow and they had felt like they were dying in fact they had pretty much come to that conclusion that well that's a good dying. word recover yeah a lot yeah. of churches need to recover and, and coming is. out of covid on top of that again recovery. well this was this was pre-covid yeah that was pre-covid and yeah. now coming out of covid even more churches are yeah what's what's the new metric right what's the I, love, I love that word I, I i don't know that i've heard that word connected with with church you well, know, i don't know you that hear revitalized intentionally so that's good there's <laughs> other words but i like recover yeah yeah so we got to the point where it's time for the project, and, and our church had, had uh, gone through a year plus worth of vision team work, and we had come to um, a new mission statement, new purpose, new all the things you say were new, but they, they really believed it because this was a church, and, and I want to say this without saying it ugly, they lost the H in First Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. it, it was First Baptist Church. They, they, they had lost the impression that there was something about them that was 
particularly special and successful mm. because they felt they were dying mm. and they were willing to, to make changes. And I was amazed at, at how much the Lord allowed our vision team, which met four hours each time we met and worked through past and present and future and just so much work that Oxano helped us with. They came in and launched it and they came in and closed it. And I led the in-betweens for 12 months. Mm. Church voted on vision and everything else. We started fleshing that out a little bit. And uh, they helped us to see what we need to do maybe in one year, three year, five year. And one area that we had not covered well was helping people become part of the family. And that's called assimilation. Yep. So assimilation was left undone. And um, it was there as a listed thing. And we pretty much had gotten folks from the church on board with everything else. And so I'm working on a, in a workshop in New Orleans now. God, what am I supposed to do for this project? I want to do a project that is relevant to our church. I feel like it's not a matter of me getting something academic. And, uh, well, that was it. Assimilation was undone. We hear that word assimilation. You define it, though. Okay. Assimilation is welcoming people into your body and helping, big word, edify, you know, lifting them up, finding their place. How do they become from guest to family member. Yeah. And that's a basic way to put it. Mm. And and I noticed that uh, in the research, which was your, your question, um, most churches don't have a plan. Mm-hmm. They have happenstance. Yeah. Uh, they may say, well, I've been friends with these people for years, and so this family's invited me in, and I fit now. Yeah. But as far as a way to do it well and welcoming and, and a way that is not necessarily progressive, but inclusive but individual how in the world can we do that um so an assimilation process is something that i hope to help other churches grab hold of and and my process or our process at first baptist doesn't necessarily mean this is your process or this is your result but i can help you and the book can hopefully help you find god's plan for your church in your context as to how to help those folks become part of your family yeah um, how, we'll continue to talk about the book after our break. Um, you want people to find uh, kevingarrett.org. Is that is that good? Will that yeah, get that would be wonderful. And I guess it's available uh, Amazon. Amazon. Mm-hmm. The name of the book is You Belong Here, Kevin Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T, Kevin Garrett, just like it sounds, but I'd just like to confirm that. And we'll put it in our show notes as well. So you can head to the website, prioritytalkradio.com, and uh, you can find out uh, how to find the book maybe for your church. Um, look, really – um, Kevin, this is good for uh, pastors to read. Hundred uh, percent. Really, even members yes. or or a, a team of people who are gonna maybe try to lead out the church and and revitalize it, revitalizing or uh, recovering. I like that word. I do too. Uh, or even if your church is doing well, we can always do better. Right, right. But and and I, I lay in the book. You know, hey, you're a pastor or you're a lay leader. Uh, maybe the better way to do it would be to gather your team and all read it together. There are little questions yeah. at the end of every chapter that help yeah. you analyze some things. Or even if if you need it, I would love to help well, you personally. Having been involved in a church that went through a, this process and really not having anything to go by, I, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've helped churches do this myself as well. This is a tremendous asset, I mean, quite honestly. And, and it starts with... Um, you know, front door all the way to the back door. You know, right. we talk about how we can get people in the front door, but they get out the back door. And then we talk about how we can't get people in the front door. Some churches can't. And it's a little bit of all of it. And, and you've done the research and you, you know, you know, what, what's working and what's not working. 
Um, and again, that can vary church to church, community to community. We get that. This isn't a one size fits all. You got to copy this. This isn't that. This is just some some principles and some things to get you talking and thinking in the right direction sure. that you can build off for your particular community and your particular church. Is that, is that fair to say? That's it. There, there are three major things, it seems, in the research that really showed after digging through. I, I don't know how many books we interfaced for this, but I mean, I remember over 100 easily looking. A worship service is important to someone and uh, in their spiritual growth. A uh, place to serve is important. And then a group of people that they meet for Bible study or camaraderie, yeah. a small group or Sunday school. Those three elements are crucial. And uh, part of this book talks about how to move not progressively in a linear fashion where you have to do step one, step two, step three, step uh -huh. four, but how to help them find a place here, there, and yonder in those three elements mm -hmm. and what it takes to bridge between those. Um, the the research is conclusive. That's that's a classic uh, finding is that those three things are important. So if they enter in through this place, say worship service, yeah. the most popular place now, mm -hmm. used to, Sunday school was a popular yeah, place. Yeah, not much anymore. Yeah, how do you help them move further? And if, if they come in and they want to serve and they helped you at a mission project somewhere, but they're not really, even even possibly not even believers, how do you bounce that back into the other areas? What does it take to help them move from a billboard to maybe a place of service down the road? Those kind of things. Well, let's get more into it when we come back. Uh, Dr. Kevin Garrett is my guest. His book is You Belong Here, How to Help Your Church's Guest become family. All right, let's take a break and we'll come back right on the other side. Greg Davis here, Priority Talk Radio. One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit onepointusa.com. That's the number one pointusa.com. One Point USA, be secure. And now back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... And we welcome you back. Priority Talk Radio, Greg Davis here with me and uh, with you and my guest, he's with me, is Dr. Kevin Garrett. And uh, he's written a really, uh, I think, a very helpful book. And it is called You Belong Here. It's how to help your church's guests become family. And, of course, uh, we've been talking, oh, you know, 12 or 13, 14 minutes. If you're just joining us, you may want to go back and hear the first part of this conversation because I think this is really important uh, for a lot of churches, uh, for pastors, lay people. Uh, we all want our churches to grow. We all want to, not just to grow for the sake of growth, but we want people to uh, to know God. We want them to be discipled, and we want them to be part of the uh, the Christian family. And uh, that's what the church's mission really is, uh, put in, you know, very loose terms. Uh, but Kevin has done a fantastic job here. Uh, and you talked about these three uh, really important, entry, you know, sort of like entry points or whatever, I yeah, guess. Yeah, elements, um, basically. Elements. And, and the first, I'm, I want to talk a minute about the worship service because that is sort of the, besides your website, 
you know, we think of the worship service as being people's first impression, but it's, not anymore. It's now the front door, it seems. And, yeah. The website now is really the first impression. Well, mine's pretty bad right now. <laughs> well, but I think people, or, or your whatever you've got yeah, online, yeah. whether it's a Facebook page or whatever. Important because people will research you before. People, if yep. they're new in your community or never been to your church, or maybe they know somebody and they, and they get invited, they're still going to go look at you online. They'll look okay. at your Facebook or your web that you, you know, your live stream yeah. or whatever. That, that's they're going to, they're going to look research. at you. They're going to check you out there before they come. So they, and, and we would do the same thing. Okay. Uh, and, and we and, do. And I do the same thing. Yeah. So that there's nothing wrong with that, but just, you need to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, quite honestly, uh, but then the worship service, that's typically people's, that's going to be their first feet on the ground a lot of times with you. They're going to show up on a Sunday morning at like the right time. Stay anonymous if they want. Yeah. Probably. They love to do that. And, and sometimes that's, sometimes, tell me if I'm wrong, that can be what makes it difficult for smaller churches is uh, you feel like if you visit a smaller church, you're going to sort of stick out as a guest. You Maybe, know what I mean? And yeah, sometimes yeah. people want that, but like you said, a lot of times they don't want that. They want to come in anonymity and just kind of observe and take a deep breath mm-hmm. and not be uh, and not everybody notice hey they're new is that true that is true and um you know i've, I've read before in a couple of places if, if someone returns that's really a prospect mm-hmm. if they come first they're they're, they're window shopping mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that you should ignore them for being there either mm-hmm. So a part of the process is develop a, a follow-up plan, yeah. and whatever that looks like for you may be different than me, but just an awareness and, and a thanks. And then when they come back, a second visit, maybe there's a deeper involvement yeah. follow-up plan. So, yes. What do what do people that are just making that, that first touch, like at a worship service, or what do they like to be referred to as? Do, do they like visitor? Do no. they like guest? What, what do they like? What, what does the what does the research show us? It shows guest because yeah. visitor connotes, uh, denotes rather uh, someone you're expecting to not bounce back in. You, you, you're just glancing by. You're just a visitor. So and drop the, the visitor. Visitor, it sounds like we expect you to be temporary. Yeah. And a guest means we're welcoming you and we're glad that you're here. Mm-hmm. And, and that one little semantic change is, is amazing. Yeah. Uh, even a staff is hard to say. You know, we, we you know we say guest now, yeah. church staff. But now the recognizing visitors or guests. Oh my goodness! Used to be a big thing. You know, like hey, you know, if you're a guest, raise your hand, or, or we're, we're going to stand and you stay seated. Which we're makes stand me look at someone's rear end if I'm yeah, a guest. Right? We're going to we stand in your honor. You yeah, know, that kind of thing. No. That sort of went out. You know, the the line church was don't do yeah, that. That's, that's old. Is that still true? It, it, we don't want to do that anymore. We want to subtly make a relationship with you. And if you come in, as you want to be greeted by someone. You want to know what's going on. You want to uh, know where this church is headed. So uh, there need to be some, some good ideas about how you speak from the podium. Mm-hmm. Um, the pastor or whoever's doing the announcement needs to introduce himself. Yeah. Things like they, they don't know who you are. Hi, I'm Kevin. I'm the youth minister. It's yeah. a good start rather right. than today we're going to celebrate Joe, yeah. the birthday boy. Yeah. They have no clue. No. But all these things need to be thought out. Or if you want to go to the women's retreat, see see Vicky. <laughs> yes, Who's right. Vicky? You know Who's what I mean? Vicky, and people right. in the church know that, and that's the beauty of being a family. Right. But when you're trying to get guests to become family, that's what your book's we, about. We create exclusive yeah. uh, situations like that. I yeah. see a lot of this, Kevin, because you know I'm in different churches almost every Sunday. Right, right. Sometimes I'm there as a guest you know, preaching. But uh, and sometimes not. Sometimes. But even then, you don't feel comfortable as a, no. And they don't look. They don't know who I am when I show up. A lot of times, right? They don't, hey, I joined until I church. see somebody I know. They don't know who I am. Right. I joined a church on staff one time, and it took literally three weeks before somebody said, "Hey, 
you want to go grab a burger? Mm. I mean, we were we were on staff, introduced and shaking hands, and everybody left, and we we're like, okay, where do we go now? Yeah. As as a staff, now if you do that with staff just because you hang out with your mm-hmm. small family all the time, you don't do it on purpose. You no. you but staff's going to stay. Yeah. But uh, imagine how that guest feels when yeah. no one does anything other than say, yeah. "Glad you were here." So is is in trying to get people to come to our Sunday worship time. Is that the most effective way to really get people in the front door and help them stay, or is it, or is it to be more intentional about reaching them in other ways, not not the Sunday morning? So that's all, not their first yeah, touch. All of the above. If if is uh, it better to get them to a to a, an outing or to a small group or something that may be off campus? Yes, yes, and yes. All of it. If someone shows up to one, you you automatically welcome them and and uh, you involve and then you motivate hopefully toward the others as well because the the person that's involved in all three of those things in worship service and a small group is more likely to be feeling like they're part of something and they're part of welcome and then they want to be more involved with with where they are i think too often though we think uh we don't want to ask somebody to get involved and serve until they're sort of in that's a problem too it is the research shows that people who who jump in to serve they don't have to have to earn their way to do that like at our church particularly um, we have some things that are committees, and those are things that deal with business of the church, and some things that are teams, yeah. and a team deals with ministry of the church. And if somebody wants to jump in with an activity on a team before they're even mm-hmm. a member, yeah. we welcome that yeah. because arm in arm, we're going to grow together. Yeah. You know, and, of course, there's some areas they can't, you know, like with kids and things like no, that. No, you have to be careful about that. Different, different yeah, than don't, that. Yeah. yeah, because that, that, that you got to know who people are and screen them a little bit. There's a little bit of a process if they're going to deal with, well, with minors. That, yeah, of course. Obviously, I just wanted to mention that. But but the old days of making you earn your way. Yeah, through, right. You know, if you're here a year, we're going to let you serve ice cream to the elderly when we go. So right. No, no, no. Hey, this is your passion, and and yeah. that'll that'll bring me down to it's our job to hopefully discover people. So, yes so we should too. welcome people right in to serve, to a degree, to with, a degree. with caution. Yes, yeah, with caution, yeah. and in those ways mentioned. Well, if if you're out in a park and you're doing a, a, an awareness for your yeah. church at some special yeah. civic event, and these people yeah. have come to your church one time, they can stand under that tent with you if yeah. they choose. You know, yeah, if whatever the service project is that's uh, that your church deems is safe yeah. and and is is open. We need people yeah. who feel like they have purpose. There's there's a diagnostic tool, if you would, uh, where we talk about Abraham Maslow's pyramid of, yep. of needs. needs. And, yep. and, you know, we can meet some of those needs. But everyone in church, and this is a big deal in the, in the book, uh, needs to feel a sense of belonging and a sense of purpose. Now, if they don't feel like they belong, they, they're more likely to enter in through a worship service and say hello and not fit and not mm-hmm. come back. If they come in a small group and it's a closed group and they're not open to people, they'll they'll come in and not feel like they belong and, and they won't come back. So we look, and part of the process is if people come to something, we want to know who's your friend, where did you get here from, you know, that kind of deal. We want to have a conversation and, and sort of establish, do they have a sense of belonging or let's connect them with that friend so they will have a sense of belonging. And all of the follow-up things that we do are with someone they just met this week and then maybe someone they just met that week so that belonging grows mm-hmm. now if a mature christian comes in and we understand they have a sense of purpose they understand christianity mm-hmm. they they're discipled and they're moving just from one church to another right. we don't have to take those same things that we do with a, a person who doesn't have a sense of belonging we assume they understand what yeah. belonging is about and they're looking for purpose so we don't want to make them go through 
class 101, 102, 103, right. 104, we assimilate them from a different trajectory. Not one size fits all. No, it's, it's personalized. It's our job to lift people up and disciple them one by one. You know, we, we don't necessarily have a, a plan that says this works for you. You only met us through a billboard. So how are we going to help you become a family member? You met us because you transferred and you're studying in seminary, you know. Mm -hmm. So how will, how will we help you? Um, it is the church's responsibility to care for every guest that comes in the house. Yeah. It's not a... It's not herding people through in groups. No, it's, no, it's no, personalized. No. All right, we got to take a break, and uh, we'll come back more with Dr. Kevin Garrett. His book is "How to Help Your Church's Guests Become Family." Uh, the big title is "You Belong Here," and it's available now at Amazon or at his website, uh, KevinGarrett.org. Org. KevinGarrett.org, and we'll put all that in our show notes for you, uh, so you can find it, and uh, we'll get it on our social media. So if you're out driving around, don't panic. Just head to the website. And, of course, this will also be on our podcast if you wanted to share it with some folks back at your church and let them listen in. When we come back, I want to get more into the book because this isn't just a book you read. It's a book you interact with, and it's got all sorts of assessments in here to help a church go through this process and evaluate where you are and where we're headed and how we can do better. So I want to talk more about that when we come back with Dr. Kevin Garrett. Uh, hang with us. We'll be right back on the other side. Priority Talk. Marketing can be overwhelming. The marketing landscape is full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with a purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. Hey, everybody, this is Kurt Cameron, and you're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. And we're back in for another segment with Dr. Kevin Garrett. Uh, he's written this great book. It's just a great resource for the local church. It's You Belong Here. We're talking about how to help your church's guest become family and uh, really good now Kevin you start the, I want to get into these assessments and stuff as well but I love what you do just at the beginning of the book to make this real is you you you, you tell a two stories two families uh, tell how you weave this in because it's a narrative that really makes it interesting you know what I mean and you and you can see people that came to your church and go oh they're them or they're them because it, it happens well actually the, the funny part is I got permission to use names from our church You'll find little names splattered all through it that are actually folks from our church. But it, it's two couples. One come from one direction and one come from another. One couple's moved in from a job transfer. And the other couple grew up and grew away from church, went to college. And one of them had gone to a small church and one of them had gone to a large church. That one couple did. And how they came to come to a new church and what kind of relationship or what kind of advertisement did they run into first. And how did that play out for them? And it's interwoven at, at the beginning of every chapter to move each of these stories through a little bit, mm -hmm. all the way to the point of, of a new member's gathering. Yeah. Um, and they're sharing with one another at the end of, you know, how they did this and how they did that and what influence this made and what yeah. influence that made. Well, it personalizes it, again, put, putting names with it and 
a story narrative in with all the wonderful research. Well, uh, it won't bore you to death with research. If you well, <laughs> to me, the research is really interesting, <laughs> well, quite too, honestly. Me too, because I love to see. What did you find? Uh, you talked about billboards and things like that. What is the number one factor did you find, or did, you know, can you answer that question as to why someone checks out a church for the first time? It could be. Actually, the, the number or, one is probably relationships. Yeah. Uh, just, they know just somebody. Overall. Yeah, they, they know someone, someone invited them, which really should put us on our guard about how we uh, think about inviting folks or being real in and front of people. that could be the number one reason they don't visit a church, too. That is 100% true. Yeah. The, the biggest deterrent for Christianity I ain't going Christians. there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, just, just not anecdotally. I mean, we need good advertisements. They don't have to be everywhere, but yeah. whatever that is, whether it's, you know, an event where you're you're sponsoring something civically, or if you mm -hmm. spend big money on radio yeah. and TV, um, every first impression. I think is the I only think one you big get. money on radio is a fantastic way to advertise your. Church. Ah, yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, we don't have any churches like Understand. that. Understand, but um, yeah, these couples they they just um, they weave their story through, yeah. and and what brought them in, and you know, one of them is more. Uh, uh, like one of the one of the wives is more yeah. into the ministry that she had with her previous women's group, and she's looking for that again. And she's trying to convince her husband to to go to this church. And and a, a young lady reaches out to her, and and finally they go to a fellowship at someone's home, and that's mm -hmm. their first contact. Yeah. The other one um, is getting ready to go to church, and somebody's invited him, but he's embarrassed because he works with the young man, and he knows he blows yeah. it yeah. a lot in front of him, and he can't see him at church with the mouth that he's experienced right. outside of yep. church. And yep. They wind up coming from, for a different reason, but um, the people do arrive for different reasons. And, and it's our job when they walk in the door to, to get to know them mm -hmm. and to escort them into the relationship and to love them into a deeper relationship and then to help them find a place that their passion or their spiritual gifting is so that they can serve mm -hmm. and, and feel more fully involved. Yeah. So they, they belong and they find purpose and, together we're serving a yeah. big god yeah. but it's bigger than my preference and bigger than my comfort zone we we truly do want to be the church that god called us to yeah. be you know well, i think what you've done here is you're helping us realize that uh, people need help to become part of your family your church family and it's it, our responsibility and it's our responsibility yeah. and they need help you know we we get so internal focused and that's just easy to say that means a lot that we're so internal focused that people show up or they encounter with your church, but they look at it and go, eh, I don't, I don't know how I'd get in on that. Uh, well, it's a hard place to get into. It uh, is. It, it, we don't mean to be that way, mm -hmm. but we, we have our nuclear families and we huddle and we talk about how loving we are and we are to each other. But we, when we're huddled in a circle, we, we fail to look outside the circle. And so how do we make our folks aware to create systems that help us to remember right. to look outside the Well, hub. I'm just afraid that so many people are looking and going, boy, I'd like to be a part of something like that, but they just don't know how to get there. And, well, the, and the church isn't really set up to help them get in. I mean, no, somebody not. breaks through every now and then. Yeah, know, it's a tough place. Unique cir circumstances can break through, but we get so closed off. And, when, and I, you know, I go into churches, and I feel it when I walk in. Mm -hmm. I feel it. I go, this, this is closed. And even your, your Bible study group, can feel that way to people man i'd love to be a part of that group but they're 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 tight i can't get in on that 
And, and they might not say that out loud, but they're subconsciously they're thinking that. Well, and it only, it only takes one rejection notice, and we yeah. send it by accident. We don't mean to say you're rejected, yeah. but by, by not making that on the forefront of our mission to you know, go and make disciples, mm-hmm. it becomes uh, more like sit and disciple each other or sit and entertain each other. And we don't mean to be that way. It's just we're, we're human. And so how do we say leadership we need to be aware of? And that's what I hope to accomplish. Uh, this came about through, <laughs> if you know the academic process, the, the, the end of your, your doctorate, you have to have a committee to help you through the project. So this was actually our plan was, was aided with the help of 12 people from our church who devised our church's assimilation plan with me. And um, many of the names in the book are those folks that, that were in there. So they wanted to enact this, and they wanted to go through uh, and, and uh, figure this out. Now, at our church, we're working on putting things in place still. It takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another thing I encourage pastors. Don't think, what can you do in two years and walk out the door? What do you want your church to look like in 20 years, and what systems do you set up to make that occur? Yeah. And those don't need to be your desires, but what do you feel are the Lord's desires? Yeah, Dr. Kevin Garrett, the, the book is You Belong Here, uh, kevingarrett.org, or look for You Belong Here. Kevin Garrett on Amazon. Uh, now, about literally half the book yeah. are tools to help mm-hmm. the church. Uh, talk talk about what you've got in here because, I mean, you, you've got it laid out. I mean, people can use this as a general guide or a general outline, or you could follow this really, really closely. I mean, honestly. You could, and, and hopefully you'll, you'll personalize it. You know, it's good to know who came to your church. and uh, What's the best way to get that? Uh, connection cards, however you call them, connect right. cards when they come, uh, you know, if they'll put them in the in the bulletin, I mean in the... Uh, a lot of churches now are plan. using the text response. Yeah, text response. Does that work better than the cards? Or people probably processes faster. Yeah. It probably does. Of course, then you get to churches who don't have, um, you know, good enough Wi-Fi service. Right. You know. So different yeah. things work different places. Right. Okay, we, we it's get It's all that. cultural. It's also uh-huh. cultural. So we get it from there, and we get it from who joined during that time. So we took a, a time period of a year, a little over a year, and we saw who turned in a guest card, who joined. We looked at who they were as far as demographically, where they lived and, mm-hmm. and such, and we were able to break that down and say, okay, this is who we've reached. This is who we've not reached. These are people that have gone through, and it kind of gives us a hello of who we are. Yeah. And then we, we took sort of an attitudinal survey of people in small groups and how they feel about uh, Sunday school or the value of small groups, how well they feel that our church communicated next steps, um, how well they feel that our church made an effort to help them become part of the family, basically, is what that was. And I, I did that as part of the project with the team, and, and I believe it's important. But, you know, some, some folks don't want to go that deeply with stuff. They, you know, you got 40, 50 people coming to church, and you don't have the the need to research that you just kind of need to go maybe scoot forward and say what is it that we need to be doing to change our attentiveness to guests and so we took who we'd seen come who we'd seen join what the attitude of small group was where we're failing to help them understand the need to connect basically Mm -hmm. and then we we move on to what can we do to make that better and uh, that's where the the research says this, how do we make this type thing in our place without replicating somebody else's work in our environment with our folks? And and so that helps a lot. Then we have a little assessment when people walk in the door. We say, you know, how many times you've been here before? We don't do this formally, just yeah. in conversation. Who are you here with or who's your friend? How did you hear about us? Mm-hmm. And so then we're able to say, 
okay, here's where this person may fit and how they might mm -hmm. couple up here, there, and yonder. When I was pastor, and I would usually ask people, hey, who do you know? Yeah, that's it. Because typically, and, they, and if they'd say, oh, I know so-and-so. So then I knew that was my, right. you know, that was the place to start as far as trying to move them along. And if they said, well, nobody, well, then I knew I needed to find them somebody. Exactly. Same process, just a little more formalized. And I wouldn't suggest you sit here with a clipboard and say, let me fill out no, these things. No, no. But I've, I've told our folks, I said, what if you stand here and greet this person, ask a question, and uh -huh. there's a guy standing behind you kind of taking some notes and, yeah. you know, at least get your act together. Then follow up with the, you know, the pastor saying thank you for coming. And uh, how do we do that? Um, who says hello next? How do we greet them? What letter or what email or how? Yeah. And that's all up to you. So that assessment um, of our people, the assessment of how we do it, and the assessment of, of uh, who these folks are coming in the door that we're responsible for, mm -hmm. those are the main beginnings yeah. of assessing. Yeah, and you, you go all the way down to in the book. I'm just saying for folks, churches out there, if you go, man, our church needs some of this. Look, he's got it out here for you. And, and you can use it as you need. You know, you don't have to you know, follow this just every single step. You can go, hey, this is where we're at. This is where we're at. Right. But it's all in here. Well, uh, and I wouldn't you know, suggest the book following will meet you anything where you're at. step by step. I mean, you right. live in your own world. That's right. How can you do something similar given this guide? That's, that's, it's a tool. Very it's good. a tool. Yeah, that, that's really good. I mean, you've got a, even, you know, sample, you know, PowerPoint slides and things like that in here that people can see to communicate. Uh, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, really uh, a lot, lot of great other resources people can reach out to. Yeah, we tried to do a review of what, yeah. what's been done in the past and, mm -hmm. and where we got some inspiration. That, that's outstanding as well. And so it's an easy read. It's got great narrative in it, great research. Uh, I think this is a wonderful tool. Uh, again, let's, let's back up for folks maybe that just joined us. It's called You Belong Here, Dr. Kevin Garrett. And uh, it's helping your church's guests become family. And it's for who, again? for pastors, for lay leaders, for teams, for a lady that wants to read about doing it better. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, but if you're in church and you're concerned about how well your church is bringing folks in and keeping them yeah. and helping them grow, then that's who the book's for. And certainly whoever in your church is, uh, and, you know, leading out on trying to, to, to make things better, right. whatever you might call that group. For some, it might be your deacons. Some right, it might be right. your elders. Some it might just, it might be your staff that's leading you know, your, your people. Uh, for some, it may be a, a committee that you form to, right. uh, to to assess these kind of things. Um, so you could use it as a group study, uh, do it together, uh, you know, just get get several of them, every how many you need, and everybody work your way through it to help your church become much more effective. And the goal here is not just to be better for better sake, but the, the ultimate goal of this is really, it's what? How do you say it? It's to... We're supposed to make disciples. That's it. And the beginning of that is evangelism and, of course, inclusion. We, we want yeah. to do what the church is designed to do. Yeah. So I don't want folks out there to hear we're just trying to come up with some. Um, you, you're not saying this at all, but I don't want people to say we got some kind of formula here to, you know, to bring in numbers. No, we're talking about disciples. That's the goal here. A hundred percent. It's disciples. And when you look at where people feel they belong and where people feel they have purpose, mm -hmm. it's not a trick to create feeling either. It's. Mm -hmm. It is biblically, we start here and we grow toward there. How do we do that for everyone, yeah. every individual, in specific ways? Not in a not in a blanket coverage. You got to do this way, but I, in how how we love you individually. I think, for me, the one thing I've heard out of this book and from you, even here, sitting here today, is this isn't linear. It's not. Don't think, hey, they're gonna 
visit, and then we're going to get them in Sunday school or a small group, and then they're going to start serving. Right. And that's the only what that's just the way it happens. Don't think that way. It's not step one, step two, step three. They may enter at what you call three and go to one, and then to two. They may start at two, three to one. Don't think of it in steps like that. No. People no. are going to enter in different ways, and they're going to expand and grow in different ways, and they're going to become family in different ways. Exactly. There are different people walking in different doors, if you will. Yeah. And uh, we just want to do our best. Once again, it's our responsibility. Yeah. And Kevin's been pastoring and uh, serving in churches now for 35 years. He uh, can make himself available on uh, some basis to uh, work, walk with your church oh, uh, through to. this, uh, whether to. that's a uh, uh, maybe coming and being with you in person, or maybe that's just meeting with, with some of your people, maybe over a Zoom call or something like that, and just sure. helping to consult with you a little bit. He's available to do that. He's pastor of First Baptist Church of Atmore, of course, down in South Alabama. And, uh, man, it's been real good to have you with us, Carrick. Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. Kevin, what a uh, fantastic resource you've got here. Kevin Garrett, you belong here, how to help your church's guest become family. And uh, whenever we get in these kind of topics, man, I'm going to call on you for sure. You, I'd you, love it. You've really done a good job. We stayed no, out with a lot of the numbers it. and stuff here. I mean, you, you've got some good research in here of, of what people say. You've done the research, and I think that's very cool. And uh, so you've got the narrative, you've got the numbers, you've got the resource, you've got the help. So this will meet all of you right where you're at. I don't care how big or how small your church is or something in this that can help you take uh, do a better job of making disciples. All right, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you, Greg. Wonderful conversation. And uh, we'll wrap it up right there. And we appreciate all of you listening in. It's Priority Talk Radio with Greg Davis. So I'm going home.